Hello, I'm Ken Bruce. I appeared as a guest on My Time Capsule, and after that I had to give up a job I'd had for 46 years. <sighs> anyway, they want me to tell you that they've started a thing called Acast Plus, where for a small monthly fee you can get the podcast ad-free. For me, I think the ad's are the best thing in it. That Fenton Stevens, he does drone on a bit. Anyway, whatever you like, do something and have a go at it. ACAS Plus, my time capsule. Thanks, Ken. Charming. Anyway, to get my time capsule ad-free and for a bonus my time capsule, the debrief episode every week, subscribe to ACAS Plus. Details in the description of this episode. Thanks. Bloody Ken Bruce, what a cheek. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, and welcome to My Time Capsule. I'm Mike Fenton-Stevens, and this is the podcast where I ask people to tell me the five things they would choose to preserve in a time capsule. They can pick anything they want from their life, but they must pick four things that they cherish and one thing that they rather regret. Something they'd like to bury in the ground and never have to think about again. My guest in this episode is the comedian and artist Annie McGrath, who is renowned for her joke-writing skills and deadpan style. Annie has performed a great acclaim at the Edinburgh Festival since 2016 and performs at clubs, theatres and festivals nationwide. She writes and performs as one half of the double act Twins with Jack Barry and as a sketch writer she was a finalist in the 2018 Funny Women Awards. She also hosts the podcast Secret Artists which is what we talk about first in this recording. In fact, Annie curated the exhibition, Art is the Best Medicine, unless you've got a headache and then I recommend an aspirin, which featured works by Vic Reeves, Harry Hill, Josie Long and Alex Horn, and raised money for the charity Mental Health UK. Annie's father is the writer and comedy performer Rory McGrath, who's also been a guest on My Time Capsule. But then I don't think Annie's going to talk about Arsenal and bacon sandwiches. This episode was actually one of the very first I recorded, way back before the pandemic was even a twinkle in its evil witch of a mother's eye. Which means we were able to do it face to face at Annie's place. Sadly, when I got home, the recording seemed to be corrupted, and I didn't have the nerve to ask Annie to do it all over again. Fortunately, recently, our producer, well, my son, had another look at it and recovered most of the recording. Hurrah! So here really is a little time capsule of Annie McGrath putting things 
in her time capsule. Yeah, that's the sort of thing that Doctor Who fans love, isn't it? So, diddly-dum, 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 bum-bum, diddly-dum, here's Annie McGrath. You do your own podcast, don't you? Yes, I do. It's called Secret Artists Uh and it's an art podcast. So I get a different comedian guest each week to sort of choose an object um, for us to paint. And whilst we're painting, we have a nice chat. What a brilliant idea. And then at the end, we sort of mark each other's artwork. (laughs) How do you score normally? Normally... Pretty well. I think people come on it and are a bit worried to mark me down, which I would prefer that they were a bit more honest. Yeah. <laughs> Although actually one guest was too honest and I felt annoyed. <laughs> they marked me down. I'm not having you again. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's fun. It's relaxing. And I feel like people are slightly more open often if you're distracted by doing something. And a lot of comedians are very good at art. So Is that the so, case? Yeah. Vic Reeves, obviously an artist. Jenny Clare, mm-hmm. Adam Buxton... Rob Orton I had on recently. He's very good at painting. And who's uh, who's the fellow from the Mighty Boosh? Oh, yeah, Noel Fielding. Noel yeah, Fielding. yeah. He'd be great to have on. Yeah, he's a brilliant painter, isn't he? So, yeah, was... they're just, there's definitely overlap with art and comedy. You yeah. think that's, that actually comedians, in a way, are more contemplative than people think? Yeah, possibly. And something about, well, you spend a lot of time by yourself doing stand-up. I think people think it's quite sociable because you're with audiences, but actually you're sort of travelling by yourself. And the same with painting, you're there by yourself. And do you find it a competitive world? No, I don't find it competitive, actually. I think maybe my generation is more supportive. I don't know. Mm. It feels like there's quite a lot of camaraderie in stand-up. That's my experience of it anyway. Mm. I think everyone generally is quite supportive. See, I remember going for meals with your dad when we were younger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and basically, if anybody said anything funny, it was marked rather than uh, oh, laughed really? at. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Mm, good, good joke. That's a good joke. Yeah. That's I what... wonder if that's an Oxbridge thing. I from... think, you think so. <laughs> Maybe. It might be. I don't know. <laughs> um, that's interesting. I think comedians definitely laugh less at things because you're so used to being around funny people and funny things that... Yes. There's less stuff that makes you laugh out loud, mm. potentially. Right. So um, we need four things that mm-hmm. you really like from your life and one thing that you're sort of glad to bury in the time capsule. Okay. Well, as we mentioned, my dad, one of the things that I would put in the time capsule is when I was little, we used to visit my grandparents in Cornwall, um, which is where my dad was born. And we'd always go to the beach in Cornwall. And I remember looking for pieces of glass on the sea you know like glass that's been sort of worn down by the mm. waves and it becomes really nice and smooth so I remember once finding a, we, him and I were sort of looking for shells and bits of glass and I found the perfect sphere of glass and it <laughs> felt very magical um so did you imagine they were jewels at the time yeah I think so yeah even though they were probably just beer bottles quite <laughs> sort of skanky I wonder how long it takes for that keep. to happen in the sea yeah I don't know but I remember finding this perfect there. circle. I was looking for it earlier. I don't know. Have you still got it somewhere? I, don't, I feel like I might have it somewhere. I definitely kept it. Did you ever think of drilling a hole in it and making it into a pendant? No, I wanted to keep it perfect. Uh, How nature intended. <laughs> or the sea. Or the sea, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one of the moments 
I would put in. That's lovely. Yes, yeah, so I took my grandchildren to Lyme Regis. Oh, yeah. And we did a lot of fossil hunting, but I didn't hold out much hope of them finding any fossils. Mm. So I bought a lot from the shop. Oh, really? And spread them around. <gasps> That's very sweet. And they were very excited. So will you reveal to them one day that <laughs> you planted the fossils? I don't know. Mm. I've had that experience with my daughter's friends. But my daughter's wedding, a friend of hers, said that she'd really enjoyed when we were young going on our ridiculously long drives mm-hmm. and on a wet day. I would gather my children and friends of theirs mm-hmm. and we would take it in turns to say left, right or straight on. Yeah. And of course, I had every fifth vote. So we would do a circuitous route to so wherever do... I planned to go. Ah. And they'd be like, wow, brilliant. But it's always the place you intended. But I'd worked it out beforehand and That's she didn't clever. know that. And I said, well, I knew where we were going. Oh. And it completely burst the bubble of yeah, her remembrance like of it. Finding out Father Christmas doesn't exist. What? At that same moment. No, sorry. What? Uh, <laughs> Annie. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I remember writing a letter to, because I was sure it was my mum, but I wanted to be definite. So I wrote a letter and she replied and I recognised her handwriting. Oh. So. Oh, devious. I know. <laughs> devious of her. My children, we still keep up the absolute pretense mm-hmm. of Father Christmas. There was always someone around at Christmas who you didn't want to spoil Christmas for. That's quite a good way of doing it. I think there is a slight magic lost when there aren't children around at Christmas. Mm. And I like the sort of ritual of opening a stocking and mm. going through it. I always put the stockings out for my children. Mm. I hope they don't listen to this and then they'll know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> And as they got older and older and older, mm. um, they would stay up later and later and later. And I once remember getting very miserable and saying, oh, well, I suppose Father Christmas won't come this year, and going off to bed. Yeah. And then my wife put the stockings out. Oh. And actually, I woke up in the morning and had that magical feeling of a stocking on my feet. Oh. And they put it up for me. That's nice. It was lovely. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, so let's take that lovely little... But the, the glass, it was sort of... Um... Pale green, like a sort of mm. mint green, yes. translucent. Or as people might say, bottle green. Bottle green. <laughs> Weirdly, it wasn't bottle green. It was sort of lighter than... Because bottle green is more sort of like emerald, isn't it? Yeah. It's like darker green. This was quite light, almost like a sort of pale turquoise. I want to point at this cushion, but obviously that's not good for the listeners. But I can of, see it. Yeah. Yeah, not that green. Not oh, that one. Not, not, not that one. That, that one. That, yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Right. Everybody got that? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was beautiful. My next one is um, running with my mum on Christmas morning, which we do sort of every year. But this year we went to Fuerteventura, me, mum and Peter, her husband. We went for a run along the beach and we saw the sun rise oh. and it was very beautiful. And there's something just quite nice and cathartic about starting the day like that even though a lot of people think you're very smug if you go for a run on Christmas Day. <laughs> you're supposed to be sort of eating and overindulging. But it can feel nice and having the sea air, watching the sunrise. Yeah. Did oh. you inherit running from your mum? I think so. Well, think both so. of my parents have a history of running. Yes. Mum does it more than my dad now, I think. I remember your dad picking it up from your mum. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mum has done it since she was in her sort of early 20s I think mm. not as fast anymore but she was very fast yeah I remember when we were working on uh, who dares wins mm. and uh, she would go running and and of course your Rory also thought well I really fancy this girl so oh, really? I think that may have been it. 
Because wow. before that, I don't remember him running at all. God, that's funny. Uh, I guess you never really think of them sort of before they're together. No. Like you don't think of how they, I mean, how they got together because you don't want to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, young, I suppose, as well. It's, yeah, it's exactly. Strange. Yeah, sort of in a way younger than you. Even. Yeah. That's odd, isn't it, when you really find yourself... Really odd. Yeah, they were married and had had Joe, I think, by the time they were my age. <laughs> <laughs> Scary. Yes. So uh, do you run every day? Not every day, but I'm doing a half marathon in a couple of weeks. So I'm doing sort of longer runs and I'm supposed to do an 18K run today. It's actually quite nice though. Outside. It's a lovely day. 18K? Yeah, it's too far, isn't it? That's a long way. Where are you going to run to? Maybe Highgate Woods or around Hampstead Heath. Not too far from here. But that's the, yeah, the hard thing is sort of planning the route so you're not on main roads. I'm very near the North Circular, which is obviously not the nicest of running no. locations sometimes i get the tube to highgate and then run around which slightly defeats the point of running but but it feels finchley we're in finchley and yes. it, it always to me feels very high don't you run downhill from here to everywhere it's, yeah basically yeah yeah so you always got to run back up again yeah that's true <laughs> good training though i think yeah i think i might have a go at it actually you should mm. and then you get your time on over email and then, unlike today, I won't be auditioning for old men in their 70s who are dying. Oh, yeah. It's oh, <laughs> not good, is it? No. <laughs> Did you say anything to your agent when they sent you that? No. No, I looked at how much they were going to pay me, mm-hmm. and it's quite a lot. So yeah. I thought, yeah, I can be 70 and dying. I yeah. can do that. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. So have you always loved Christmas? Oh, yeah, I have always loved Christmas. We've never done sort of the same thing each year, I don't think. Well, because my mum and dad are divorced, we would do sort of alternate Christmases and often we'd spend it with family friends in Somerset. This is the first Christmas I've been on holiday, somewhere hot, which felt a bit weird, but it was good. Sort of sat by the sea, had some champagne. What did you eat? Did you go traditional or did you go No, we had sort of um, Spanish, yeah. We had like tapas, calamari, gambas. Lovely. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was really good. It's a relief almost, isn't it? Yeah, it did feel like a relief. And you don't have to commit. That's the stressful bit is committing to where you're going to be, I think, and who you're going to be with. So you can, when you can just say, I'm, I'm away, you mm. don't have to decide on anything. No. I once spent Christmas in Perth in Australia. Oh, wow. And we organised it because we'd been away for quite a long time that actually we went to a large room where they could shut the windows and put on air conditioning. Mm-hmm. And we had a very, very traditional oh, really? Christmas That's lunch. So funny. <laughs> yeah. We sort of recreated England snow. for ourselves. Almost. And we had carol singers. Oh, wow. That's the in. most British thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. And we were only terribly young, really, yeah. at the time. So it's a bit sad, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it is. That we weren't sad. willing to <laughs> explore this new culture. Yeah. Well, my brother's in Australia. He's working in A&E. So he was working this Christmas and the one before. But yeah, I think he said they ought to go swimming in the sea and have barbecues. Yeah, why didn't we go and have lunch on the beach? I mean, yeah. when are we going to do that again? Crazy. It's really funny. Do you have turkey? <laughs> yeah, the full works. Wow. And not only that, the carol singers were terrible. We Were they Australian? They were. I can't oh. imagine 
Australian carol singer? No, they sang all the English carols with a slight Australian accent yeah. and they weren't very good singers and we were good singers. Yeah. And we became hysterical during it. Oh, yeah, I'm not surprised. We all had to hide our heads and, and turn away from them. We couldn't look at each other. We were laughing that, so much. Yeah, it feels sort of more but embarrassing was, than it was getting awful. a stripper on a Hindu. <laughs> no, no, that would be the worst <laughs> thing in the world. I think having Australian carol singers come to your house. <laughs> I was once in a pub. And a man said, ladies and gentlemen, Susan. And this girl came out from sort of the ladies' toilet mm-hmm. and started taking her clothes off. Wow. And you you don't know where to look. Yeah. Then she had to come round afterwards in a dressing gown, asking you to give her money. Oh. Was she embarrassed? Or... I was embarrassed for her, and I was very generous. But then I thought, well, maybe that looks as if I really enjoyed it. And I really <laughs> didn't. I would have paid her to stop. Did you say that to her? No. No, I couldn't. The next time you're having a bad gig, yeah, exactly. You can think of that. Think of yeah. that moment and go. I just start well. taking my clothes off, <laughs> walking around with a beer. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yes. Yeah, so you've got your lovely little piece of polished glass from the sea. Polished glass yes, running on the both very Christmas day. quite beach themed. Mm. Okay, sorry to interrupt, but we have to take a short break here for some ads. We'll be back very shortly. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Welcome back to My Time Capsule with Annie McGrath. So let's find out what else she wants to put in her time capsule. Okay, this one is a more of a friends-based one. So after I finished university, 
I went back to live at home in Oxford and a few of my friends were also living and working in Oxford, sort of trying to work out what we were doing. I think I was waitressing at a restaurant in Jericho. A friend of mine was working at Blackwell's. Another friend was in a coffee shop. So we all had those sorts of jobs, like whilst we were trying to think, why did we do degrees in English and drama? (laughs) (laughs) But we decided to do Come Dine With Me. Uh, So each of us would cook a meal and then the others would come to the other one's houses. So we would have this on rotation. And my friend Emily Manlopoulos was making a Greek meal at her house and there's about five of us going and on the day another friend Rihanna messaged saying oh is there a theme and I said as a joke oh yeah it's toga themed (laughs) and I thought it was quite clear it felt very obvious to me that it was a joke and I think to everyone else and Rihanna was the last to arrive and we were all in our normal clothes and the doorbell went and she was in a full toga outfit (laughs) like she was furious and everyone else found it so funny. And um, I just remember feeling very guilty, but also just not being able to control how funny it was. So we had this full like three course meal, all in normal clothes and Rihanna in her toga. And her mum had helped her make it because no. she was running late from work. <laughs> and Emily Mann's parents were still in the house. So her dad came in to say hi to all of us and it was all just very embarrassing. The moments in life where you become hysterical with laughter yeah. are incredibly memorable, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I would imagine that that would have been a, a rolling laugh. Oh, yeah. That every time you thought you'd got over it, yeah. you'd notice her again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just having a sort of serious conversation and then you realise she's in a toga. <laughs> um, so, yeah, now at every sort of school reunion, we it's toga thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just in case. She was so annoyed, but also I think luckily she found it very funny. Yeah, well. eventually. Yeah. What does she do now? Oh, God. You've asked me about the one friend who's, she's got like a Chandler job. She worked at Nectar in the sort of marketing. She's a spy. She's a spy, yeah. She's a spy. No, but she's moved jobs and I now I can't remember. That's yeah. really bad, isn't it? <laughs> no. I've got several friends in my life who I'm convinced are spies. Yeah. They never can quite tell you what it is they do. Well, I think she could, but probably it's the sort of language that's a bit meaningless to me. Anything like businessy or marketing or I don't fully understand what it means. No. If you're not an actor or a doctor or a police officer, I've got a friend who's a police officer or a teacher. I feel like those are the jobs that I can understand. (laughs) Everything in between is transponster. Is that what they say Chandler's job is? Is that what it is? Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Did you watch Friends? Yes, I did, yeah. Kids. Not obsessively. I, I mean, I'm aware that some people watch every episode and they continue to watch. Yeah, I so think I... I watch every episode of really? the 10 series. I used to have them all on DVD. And have you watched them several times? Yeah. So you know when they say the one in which? The one where. The one yeah. where, that's how they the describe one in them, which isn't it? sounds what? much more sort what? of. That's no, sorry. RP. I'm sorry, I'm, I turned it into an English program. Yes, the one in which the characters. Uh... <laughs> the one where. The one where, one. yeah. yeah. What was your favourite episode? Mm, God, that's hard. I liked series, was it series five when they went to London? And Ross marries Emily, but says Rachel's name at the altar. Yeah. That was a good one. Helen Baxendale. Was that Emily? Yes, I did a tour with her. Oh, wow. Her very first job out of drama school. Really? And we did a a production of Amadeus, in which Mm. she had a non-speaking role, but understudied Constanza, Mozart's Mm -hmm. wife. Yeah. And then... Her and I and an actor called Max Gold yeah. uh, did a children's theatre tour 
as oh, well cool. as, at the same time. So yeah. during the day, we the three of us would travel around in a little white van and go to schools and put on a silly show about Mozart. Yeah, oh, how fun. And actually, that was the fun. Are kids' shows, have you done many kids' shows? No. I imagine they're quite fun to do. No, it was really lovely. And the, going to the schools was great. Yeah. But she was gorgeous, yeah. Helen. She was really brilliant fun. It's interesting when you meet people at the beginning of their careers and mm-hmm. immediately recognise that they're really talented. Yeah. And they, they should go places. And then yeah. they do. Yeah, it's that's great. always satisfying to see. Mm. Okay, well, we're going to put a toga in. I'm going to put a toga party. Oh, that was good to relive that moment. Yes. That would be fun. What's next? Next is a romantic moment. Mm -hmm. So this was maybe like four years ago with my now ex-boyfriend. I was going to say then boyfriend, but we'd actually not officially started going out, but we went to Iceland together and we saw the Northern Lights, but we saw it from this sort of very remote hotel called the Hotel of Frost and Fire on our first night in Iceland. And we got there and we seemed to be the only people staying in the hotel. And there was a hot tub outside and we were drinking <laughs> rum and pineapple in the hot tub, surrounded by sort of snow, beautiful mountains. And we saw the Northern Lights from the hot tub. Oh, my God. And I think that's probably the most romantic moment of my life so yeah. far. I'm not surprised. If you put that in a film, people just wouldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. What are the Northern Lights like? I mean, I've seen them on the television, but to actually see the sky light up in that way. Magical. It mm. was beautiful. Was the screensaver on my phone? Yeah, you can sort of see, because I took a photo on my... You see the background? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, so you can't believe that. Yeah, I'd managed to get a quite good photo, because it's from my SLR camera. But then there were moments where I thought the photo looked better than it looked in real life. Oh, no. <laughs> um, mm, yeah, you didn't enhance it. No, that's no, it, unenhanced. That's genuine. But, yeah, it was incredible, just a sort of sweeping green haze. Green? Green, yeah. But it sort of dissolves into the sky and then comes back. It's obviously better seeing it in real life <laughs> and seeing it from a hot tub yeah. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> With rum. With rum, oh, yeah. And whatever his name was. Yeah. I've forgotten it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll save his name. Absolutely. I work with Anita Dobson, who's married to Brian May. Oh, yeah. Queen. Yeah. And she's so down to earth mm. that you completely forget that she's married to Brian May from Queen. Yeah. And therefore married to a man who's astonishingly wealthy. Yeah. And we were recording The Archers. Oh, one, yeah. One weekend. And... I said, what are you doing this week? And she said, oh, I'm going to go and see the Northern Lights. And I said, oh, lovely. Having a nice time. And then when she came back, I said, did you see the Northern Lights? She said, we did. We did. We went to Iceland, but the weather was not good. So then we flew to the Arctic Circle. And I said, oh, well, you were lucky to get. She said, no, it was a private plane. Of course it was. Ah, yes. (laughs) Sorry, I just remembered who you are. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they said we wouldn't necessarily see them, but we went in December. So I think the visibility was quite good. We were there for a few nights and we ended up seeing them basically every night. So wow. by the end, we're like, all right, <laughs> over it now. Yeah, for goodness sake, I'm trying to yeah. sleep. Yeah, exactly. These lights. Turn these lights off. <laughs> <laughs> to become blasé about the I know, lights. yeah. It felt a bit decadent. Particularly when there are hordes and hordes of people who just go there desperate Try, yeah, to see these things. following the sort of trying to find map them. to try and, yeah. So that was amazing, night yeah. one. Oh, that's a brilliant memory. It was good. Great. There we are. So we've got one left. One left. One left. One <laughs> this is one I'd rather not. This is an embarrassing moment. Mm-hmm. So when I was little, I used to want to be a boy. 
So I always wore sort of Joe's old clothes, hated wearing dresses, liked playing football, playing cricket. Yeah. And I, there was one occasion I was on my way to my dad's house with my dad and my brother and we stopped off because I needed the loo. And I was really annoyed on the way in. I was like, isn't it so unfair that men get to wee standing up and women don't? I think I was about nine, but I thought, God, it's so unfair. So I decided to, to try it. Because when I went into the cubicle, I was by myself, obviously. So I went for a wee standing up, but a bit of poo came out. And it dropped into my pants. And I was no. in a little chef in a service station by myself in the girls' loose. And I had to throw away my pants and I was so embarrassed because I thought, how am I going to explain this? I had to explain it to my dad and Joe and they just found it hilarious and I was mortified. Because <laughs> yeah. I think nine is that age where you're sort of, you're almost teenage, you're starting to become shy and embarrassed about things. And then every time we pass that little chef, like, Annie, do you need me to go to the loo? It's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I'd probably put that in the capsule. Is that going into the capsule? Yeah, yeah, but you to can be forgotten. You can, be, you can lock it away. Lock there. it in. Lock it away. Yeah. yeah. I just hated being a girl. Found it so unfair. It is unfair that men can wee standing up. Yeah. I mean, women can, can't they? Well, yeah, it's just harder. Got nothing to sort of point. <laughs> no, men seem to wee in the open air. All with the time. gay abandon, don't yeah. they? Even in places where there are toilets, like some pubs, men will go and wee outside. Yes, bizarre. Yeah. Well, I say bizarre. I'm as guilty of it as anybody. Really? Yeah. Uh, my parents and I used to live in France. Mm. And one of the first things I did every time when we arrived was going to the garden and wee. Do you find it liberating? Yeah. Beautiful, Beautiful starry sky. Mm. I've arrived. Oh, you do it at night time? Yeah. Not in the day? We arrive at night. Yeah. Well, I do it any time, yeah. really, but... <laughs> The ones I remember are beautiful, clear sky, standing mm. there, having driven down through France, and, yeah. you know, and there I was. So your dream to see the Northern Lights would be having a wee. <laughs> yeah. We get to sort of awkwardly squat on some grass that has to be hidden. My granddaughter has no qualms at all about going to the toilet mm. with me there. In fact, wants me there. Oh, really? Yeah, to demonstrate how well she does it. <laughs> but she's terribly good at that hygiene things, using a tissue, washing her hands... Well brought Whereas up. Whereas the boys, I have to say, wash your hands. Yeah. I wonder why. What's that about? Women are just better, generally. Well, it's an argument I'd accept. Yeah. <laughs> so when we go to court and it's... Yeah, I'll just say that. Just cite weeing. Yeah, weeing, exactly. Weeing and not washing your hands. Clearly. That's enough. Women win. Definitely. So let's put them in charge. Yeah. <laughs> At least having a balance of men and women is yeah. a good start. Do you think that would temper men or because men are just people who go into those positions like to be the boss, as it were, to yeah, tell people possibly. what to do? Have you read The Psychopath Test? No. Oh, that's good. That John Ronson book. Uh, yeah, I yeah. read it when I um, quit my job at an art gallery. I won't name names, but it was very interesting. Um, my boss was a woman there, but just the people that are drawn to sort of running businesses tend to have psychopathic tendencies and be very sort of charming but manipulative and it takes a certain type of person to be in charge. Mm. I don't know whether that's characteristically more male or not. But I don't know. But it's certainly seen as a male characteristic. Unfairly, people say that women in these positions are tough or, or she's very hard. Mm. Whereas a man doing the same sort of things wouldn't be regarded as being hard. They'd just be regarded as good at their job. Yeah, exactly. It's like the word bossy as well is yeah. often used for women, whereas it wouldn't be used for a man doing the same. You know, he'd be asserting his authority yeah, or that's powerful. Right. Well, 
you might see it. Yeah, you might see that world. Mm. Yeah, unless it all falls apart and we all just start living in caves again. Might be quite nice. You can go for a run on the beach. Yeah, exactly. I'll just be collecting glass. Yeah, but then that'll be currency. That's true. Yeah, I've got to find that perfect spherical piece of glass. (laughs) Annie, lovely, lovely to talk to you. Yes, you too. It's delightful to talk to somebody younger. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to My Time Capsule. Short and sweet, this one, but I hope you enjoyed it. It was hosted by me, Mike Fenton-Stevens, and my guest was the stand-up comedian Annie McGrath. Thank you all for listening. Now, if you're interested, we have loads more episodes for you to download or stream. And if you click subscribe on the podcast provider of your choice, you will be sent every new episode as it becomes available. How annoying is that? Right, please rate us and maybe even review this podcast when you get the chance. And you can follow me and my time capsule on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. I tend to be more active on Twitter, in fact, where you can find me as at Fenton Stevens. But I'm sure you know how to find us if you want to check up on what's coming up and who our latest guest is. Plus, of course, the occasional inappropriate tweet of family members and me at work. No nudity, I promise. If you like the theme tune, it's by Pass the Peas Music. And if you don't like it, it's by Irving Berlin. Either way, it's available to download on Spotify, providing the composer, whoever he is, with a massive $0.004 per download. Whoa, thank you, Spotify. OK, this was a cast-off production for Acast, and the producer was John Fenton-Stevens. Right, I'm off to see the doctor, I'm afraid. Yeah, I've had this really bad back for the last few days. Uh, it's my own fault. I was playing piggyback with my granddaughter the other day, and <laughs> bless her, she's only seven. <laughs> anyway, I kept falling off. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.